0: it's pretty much guaranteed that everybody who habituates, however they manage to do that, will encounter some something that causes their ears to react at some point in their future, something entirely outside their control. And if you don't have a plan for that, of how to manage those moments and deal with those moments, uh, the vicious cycle can just reemerge suddenly and many patients find themselves in what I refer to as a habituation relapse and just feel like they're just starting over again.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Ring Tinnitus Podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host and you just heard uh, Glenn Schweitzer from the USA. Glenn's been a tinnitus coach already a few years before I started. When I started my tinnitus coaching practice, I was mainly looking... Uh, Up to him, and I really enjoy everything that he's shared. And he's already been on this podcast, so this is the second time Glenn's on this podcast. And uh, we both agreed that we really, really like uh, the way um, uh, we uh, deal with people with tinnitus, the way we help people with tinnitus, the way we coach people with tinnitus. So, without further ado, I wanted to um, invite you to this episode that I recorded with uh, Glenn Schweitzer. But just before we jump into the episode, a few things. Um, If you could help me spread the awareness about tinnitus and about this podcast, then it would be very amazing if you could give me a five-star review um, uh, and subscribe to this podcast to other people who are also listening to this podcast or also deal with tinnitus. um, uh, Really get your review and find out that this might be a good podcast to listen to. So that's really something that you can do for me. Other than that, I wanted to share that uh, in January 2024, we're starting and launching our 30-day tinnitus habituation challenge inside our club community. I've also finished the eight-weeks course uh, based on my book so there's an eight weeks habituation course an ultimate habituation course inside our community right now so if that's something that you wanted to check out then head over to www.mytinnitus.club I've also recently added a seven-day trial for $9.99 so you can get unlimited access for seven days to our online tennis club community and our unlimited habituation program. So all the courses that we have inside the club, uh, no need to engage if you don't want to, you can just do the courses, but just look around for 9.99, and you can do that at www.mytinnitus.club. But without further ado, let's get into the podcast episode that I recorded with Glenn Schweitzer from Rewiring Tinnitus in the US. I think it's a very beneficial episode for all of you out there. Um, final short heads up, uh, this podcast is taking a very uh, quick, crisp, or a holiday break. So um, on Friday the 22nd, we'll release the last episode, and then the 29th, Um, will not be having a podcast episode. So just so you know, um, if you want more stuff, then you're always welcome inside our club community at mytinterest.club. But uh, there will be a podcast break and I think it will be a well-deserved break. We brought you episodes over the whole year and uh, now we'll have a well-deserved break. And I wish the same for all of you guys out there as well. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Outring Tinnitus Podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. This episode is brought to you by mytinnitus.club. MyTinnitus.Club is your special place of habituating to your tinnitus using online video courses, three online video courses that we have in MyTinnitus.Club, as well as weekly coaching sessions and access to people who've been through exactly the same, no matter what your tinnitus sounds like. Together, we help you put tinnitus where it belongs, namely into the background. So in order to join us, go to www.MyTinnitus.Club and either go to the 7-day access pass or immediately sign up for your 14 days free trial see you on the inside yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Outduring Tinnitus Podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host and I'm very excited to have uh, for the second time on our show today, Glenn Schweitzer from uh, Rewiring Tinnitus. Glenn's been on this show previously and we've had a lot of fun. So it's a big honor for me to have Glenn on the show today. Again, Glenn, welcome back to the show. Fantastic to see you here. And uh, for those who didn't listen to the first episode, give us a little bit of an intro to who you are, what you do and why you are on this podcast today.
0: That sounds great. Uh, Frieder, it's great to see you again. It's good to be here with you. Uh, I appreciate the invite back onto the podcast. Uh, hello to all the listeners. I'm Glenn Schweitzer. I am the author of the book, Rewiring Tinnitus. Um, and for the last nearly eight years now, I have been a tinnitus coach working with patients all over the world. I think I'm closing in on almost a thousand 1,000 a patients now that I've worked with one-on-one over the last eight years, uh, helping people to habituate and, and find lasting relief from the ringing in their ears and all the other sort of sounds and related conditions that come along with that. Um, I, uh, my journey started way back in, in 2010 and 2011, somewhere in there, uh, when the quiet tinnitus that I had had my entire life that I just had always lived with. I thought was, you know, there was a time when I was young where I didn't even know it wasn't normal, that that I thought everyone could hear a sound when it was silent. Um, When I was diagnosed with this condition called Meniere's disease, uh, which made my tinnitus very loud and and intrusive. Um, Meniere's, we talked a little bit about that last time. Meniere's is a vestibular disorder characterized by these sort of attacks or episodes of violent rotational vertigo where the room starts to spin, uh, fluctuating and progressive Hearing loss, um, <clears throat> fullness, and, and pressure in the ears, and of course tinnitus. Um, and at the time, it was it was a nightmare. The tinnitus was those early days was the furthest thing from from my mind. Even though it became suddenly jarringly extremely loud, um, it kind of paled into comparison into what I was dealing with in terms of vertigo and disequilibrium and and dizziness and brain fog. It wasn't until I got a handle on those other symptoms and, and found ways to sort of manage my symptoms that the tinnitus was the one thing I I, I couldn't do anything about. And it it became my world. Um uh but ultimately I, I discovered some some interesting meditation techniques and strategies that that helped me to to habituate. And uh I since went on to to write two books. My first was Mind Over Meniere's, was sort of about my journey with Meniere's disease and the strategies and tools that helped me there. Um, and then when I wanted to write another book, the tinnitus work was maybe like one or two pages in that first book, like I had discovered these meditation techniques. And that was like the one thing I figured out that helped my tinnitus. I didn't know anything else at the time. And so I, I read but I got so much email from people all over the world about those two pages in, in that first book and, and the the short blog article that I had put up on my website about it. Uh, that when I, when I wanted to write another book, I realized the universe was giving me a sign. And I, I went back to the drawing board and and, and rewiring tinnitus uh, was born from there. And, and it just sort of slowly organically evolved into to what it is today. And here I am eight years later, uh, working as a, a full-time health coach and tinnitus coach, something that I, I never anticipated for myself, but, uh, but, but uh, couldn't have turned out any better. So here we That's are. That's amazing.
1: An amazing story, Glenn, and um, I, I, I'm sure we touched on this as well, and I've never been diagnosed, but I, I've had this episode very briefly, but that was only like a, for one or two years where I also had this dizzy, dizziness and vertical uh, episodes, and I can honestly say I, I've had had tinnitus before for a few years already, but that episode was like... Tinnitus just pales into significance completely when you sort of like need to hang on to the wall in order to use the the washroom, right? It's uh, I yeah. I remember that, and luckily it's sort of like just vanished into the unknown and never came back. So <laughs> I'm hopeful that that's something that just I don't know what it was related to, but. Um, uh, uh, yeah, um, but uh, it's amazing to see you um to uh, writing books and becoming a coach in, in the same way that uh, sort of my path has also progressed maybe for about half the time that you've done it so far. So in the in the running up of this episode, we had a short conversation where I uh, uh, told you that I've already, when I started doing this, there were only very few people and you were one of them of the person who um who offered online tinnitus coaching and online tinnitus um life coaching program and uh, I was amazed by it right and and for all these years I think we've had a very valuing relationship of what uh, of valuing each other's work and I've always looked up to to you of some some kind of like some kind of the the foundry for what I've always wanted to do in in my coaching business as well and I still keep looking up to that so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to to be to be on the show today that's awesome thank you
0: well, it's my pleasure and I, I appreciate the kind words and and as you know from our previous conversation I, I definitely feel the same it's been very admirable watching you grow uh, my Tinnitus club and and write your book and and uh, it's been an exciting journey all around
1: Yeah, nice um Glenn uh, so it's been a, a year and a half I think minimum since you've last been on the show um uh, how are things mm-hmm. your side what's 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 been happening what's the what's the what's the news?
0: <laughs> yeah. So so th- things have been pretty good. Uh the I, I've, you know, over the over the last couple of years, like I i feel like my my focus has shifted and, and kind of morphed a lot. Um I know last time we spoke, we we in our first podcast, if everyone wants to go back and listen, I believe it was episode 28, uh, we talked a bit about nice. sort of my thoughts on on powerlessness as the root emotion. Yeah. Um, at the center of any case of bothersome tinnitus, and how you know yeah. all this, these feelings of anxiety and fear and frustration—it's sort of the, the vicious cycle is born from this yeah. root emotion of, of powerlessness. And 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 one thing that o- over the last couple of years, I, I I've started to realize how many that there's this whole grouping of like related conditions that resemble tinnitus very closely and and sort of present in a very similar kind of way. I don't remember if we touched on this very much last time. But in my opinion, like the condition that tinnitus bothersome tinnitus most closely resembles is not any other health or hear, phys- physical health or hearing condition, but rather PTSD. Like I, I've i I've made the case that like severe tinnitus looks a lot like severe post-traumatic stress disorder in the way that it hijacks the nervous system into a vicious cycle, like a PTD, PTSD episode looks a lot like a bad tinnitus spike in, in really every way that, that matters. The way that PTSD is healed and, and treated looks a lot like the most effective strategies for habituation. Right. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I wrote an essay a while back um, where I kind of made this case that we should probably think of tinnitus as like an acute auditory stress disorder first and foremost, rather than sort of a hearing problem first and for- or a physical health problem first and foremost. And within this umbrella of sort of like acute auditory stress disorders a term that i i made up like that's not a real scientific thing um but i think it kind of highlights an interesting point is there's like a whole grouping of conditions that sort of fall into this category that all can that all seem to respond in a similarly beneficial way um to habituation strategies and techniques so things all the sound tolerance conditions things like misophonia hyperacusis yeah uh, phonophobia, uh, autophony, um, and then sort of other related sensory issues, things like ten- tonic tensors and syndrome, or maybe myclonis. are Like there, there's a whole grouping of related conditions that all seem to require a similar kind of approach, like PTSD treatment style approach, where you have this sort of physical sensory thing, ha- physical or sensory thing happening on the one hand that may or may not treatable and on the other side of the the equation you have this deep activation of the nervous system this emotional response this anxiety response towards these problems that intensifies these problems so in 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 the last like couple of years especially i've really tried to branch out a bit I've, i've found some really interesting ways to leverage my my meditation approach towards habituation to helping These other related conditions as well. So that that's, that's been one of my thing, kind of one of my big focal points, we can certainly dive deeper into any any of those, uh, as well as um, I've also tried to focus a bit more on the long term management of tinnitus as well. And this is something that I feel like there's not enough conversation happening about. Um, yeah. Whereas this idea that like life happens after you habituate, right? Like it's yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed that everybody who habituates, however they manage to yeah. do that, will encounter some something that causes their ears to react at some point Set in their that. future, something yeah. entirely yeah. outside their control. And if you don't have a plan for that, of how to manage those moments and deal with those moments, The vicious cycle can just reemerge suddenly, and many patients find themselves in what I refer to as a habituation relapse, and just feel like they're just starting over again. So, like the long-term kind of management of tinnitus, and you know, these are these are some of the the broader kind of things I've been really diving deep into in in recent years, and and we can we can certainly explore any of those uh, topics. But that's that's been sort of my focus. My that's where I've been increasing focus over over the last couple of years of trying to broaden my ability to support people nice. in, in those directions.
1: That That's amazing. And it, it seems like it's such a natural thing to get into, right? You sort of like do- go deeper and discover more and more through working all these years with people. And then you discover the intricacies of the condition, but also discover that more and more of your clients, in fact, uh, would need... A little bit to more support after they go over that cutoff point, right? Where they're like, "Okay, I I feel habituated now. The work's been great, but like, what kind of stuff and strategies could I implement and employ in order to sort of like make that long-term progress happen?" And uh, I can I would love to take just one short minute to speak to both because I found that incredibly f- powerful what you said. Um, I think often, right, when we see, uh, for example, veterans and PTSD and tinnitus, you know, you might just like what what do you think when you go to war and you get tinnitus by for example an explosion that ripped your body apart what do you think your tinnitus is then sort of like a, a, exactly what you say a, a physiological phenomenon but also um a, a, like all the pain and for example related insomnia struggles etc that you perceive in relationship to always being brought back when you hear the stimulus 247. that reminds you of your body being blown up by the hand grenade or something like that, right? So this is of course a very, very severe case right? But yeah. that, in essence, is like the strongest case you can make for white cynicists and veterans is such a challenging kind of thing, right? Because most most yeah. often, it's probably also related to blast injuries, etc., and those happen in war. And then that sort of memory becomes connected, and that's sort of like the most difficult thing. But sort of like in a much lower intensity, the same kind of thing happens to the people, right? Because they are... Twenty four seven tormented by their tinnitus, and that of course yeah. becomes traumatic as well, right? Because you have all these yeah. physiological and psychological things that come with uh, distressing and de- uh, 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 distressing uh, sy- symptoms of tinnitus, and. Yeah. Just just one more, uh, what you said for the long-term goals, I think that's something I- incredibly important, and I I, I would even go as to say it always depends on, on how long that setback is after that, sort of like the feeling of being habituated, but I always say to the people, yes. like, you're not going through a door, and then you're habituated, you're walking up a staircase, and sometimes you fall two steps back, and uh, you're not you. You're always going to walk these steps, and there are ways that you can implement and strategies that you can know about your tinnitus that make habituation occur naturally for you. Uh, so you move your brain yeah. into a position where it habituates, and then also if you if you knew what brought you there in the first place, you can sort of re uh, reapply these strategies, but they might have to be tailored, right? So this is probably something that you can also speak to as uh, how you um, might tailor these strategies and tailor these things that you that work for you in your habituation journey, in order to also be able to reemploy them when you have kind of that that habituation relapse that that you talked about, yeah here is something that I'm very, very proud of. It's uh, great to see someone making this progress inside our community and sharing how she goes from really being bothered by attendances, having big difficulty in the last year after having had habituated before. Um, Tanika shares a little bit of her story of transformation inside our community and with the coaching and help that I offered to her. And um, yeah, you can hear her say, I don't hear it anymore. And I think that's a pretty big, step. So, without further ado, let's give Tanika the floor and thank you Tanika for speaking up and 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 uh, letting us be part in your journey. It's been amazing to see that. So, uh Tanika, here's Tanika's feedback and after that we'll get right into the episode.
2: You know, I have tinnitus for like, I don't know, since 2004 and you know, it it it, it I got habituated, but uh, almost 2 years ago, it I had this huge spike and I was, uh, I felt like I was thrown back completely. And as Petra says, you know, you have the feeling it's all the time in the forefront, like everything you do, it's always tinnitus you're thinking about. That's w- where I was as well last year when I started um, in this community and talking to Frieder. And I don't know, at this moment, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's still there, but it's not there anymore. And two, four weeks ago, when I was in the last um, meeting, accountability meeting, Frida said, uh, we talked about the non-goal part, because I learned a lot in this year from Frida about um, acceptance and commitment, and all the tools he offered, and I read about. But my God, that was like this big, huge thing, click in my head, and I stopped with everything and from that moment I stopped focusing on my tinnitus and from that moment on like four weeks ago it didn't bother me at all anymore my anxiousness has gone and I was waiting Oh no, I have been there before and it came back and it's gone back but I'm sure it's gone I'm I'm having my tinnitus it's there but I just don't hear it anymore I you know when I focus on it it's there and I hear it but during the day I am just not busy with it so I don't hear it I can't it's it's difficult to explain but there's really something happened where this um you know the the not the, the the switch has uh turned the different direction and it really makes me feel happy and when I hear the people talk and I hear myself talking last year and I'm, I'm, I'm just want to say to, to Julian to Petra um that that switch for you will will be there as long as you have um Patience. <laughs> so, so yes, I'm doing great.
1: Yeah, and if you're interested in doing as great as Tanika is doing by now, uh, and also getting to meet her and the other folks in the um, in the community, then you can go to www.mightenators.club and access our Tenators Club community and experience exactly the same. So we'll see you in there, and let's get back into the episode
0: yeah well exactly a a couple things come to mind as as you were talking first just in terms of like the the whole relapse equation um so spikes post habituation issues are unavoidable but relapse a a relapse is sort of when a spike when the when the feeling of power and powerlessness reemerges, they feel like they're getting back, back in that vicious cycle of suffering right like just so you can like I, I have lots of spikes. Uh, it po- being post habituated, right? Like I consider myself to be a hundred percent habituated, more more or less. And yet, I still have all kinds of of, of crazy spikes. About three weeks ago, I was Damn sick. I, I had uh, my 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 youngest. My my we have an eleven month old daughter who's in daycare, and she's just bringing home Aww. every disease uh, as kids do. Oh. So I feel like once a month, my whole family is sick, and we were all sick. I was already not sleeping great. My tinnitus was already elevated like it is anytime I'm sick, right? But I'm at the point now where I can have a two or three X volume increase when I'm sick. And it doesn't, I don't have to do anything. I feel fine. I'm not, you know, it's not activating me. I expect it. I know it'll go, it'll calm back down. There's no anxiety there. But then my fire alarm malfunctioned Uh. in the middle of the night. And... That's I mean. before I could get it to stop, like just one of the smoke detectors, the siren went off. My head was probably within three feet of the siren for three or four minutes, unprotected, oh. before I got it to turn off. So I, I came out of that like ten to fifteen x increase in in tinnitus volume. I mean, I it, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, I I, so I had to do some coping. I had to do some meditation, and but within a couple days, I was I was fully back on track. No, no worse for wear, right? So things like that are inevitable. Like there's no way to escape unforeseen, uh, you know, events happening outside your control. But it doesn't have to become the relapse. The relapse is when coping breaks down and you feel yourself being being uh, pulled pulled back into that place, right? And and so it's it's sort of like I'll sort of give you my kind of high level. So so in in my opinion, like the the attributes that are most important for maintaining habituation over a lifetime. And again, it's not about it's not strategies where you have to be doing something every day. It's just having a readiness plan so that if if a problem occurs, you're you're jumping on it quickly. Right. So it's 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 having the right skill set and tools and and techniques and strategies to employ when when needed like that. That's very important. It's you need to have the right skills and tools. You also need to be able to recognize when the problem is when when you're starting to get pulled back into that place, when the feeling of anxiety and powerlessness is reemerging and then the ability to notice that and use your tools quickly. Like that's extreme. That's, that's very important. Um, but perhaps the most important attribute is having confidence in your ability to use those coping tools effectively, like confidence in your ability to cope effectively is the antidote to powerlessness yep. it is the way to never feel powerless again right and so yep. if you if you know if you have tools that you know work for you and you know you're able to use them effectively yep. that can halt that the 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 sort of rippling effect that can pull you back into the the vicious cycle right so those are yep. from a high level it's sort of those those three things so a lot of the the work I've done, a lot of the toolkit is like sort of designed to train people to react quickly in those moments, to react in a helpful way. You can almost yep. condition like a positive coping response, like just like yep. the, the negative conditioning is, is occurs automatically. You can sort of train your, your nervous system to react in parallel with like a, a positive coping response very, very quickly. So this is sort of at the root of my, my thinking on, on, on the term, if, if, if that all makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's incredibly helpful to also know, you know, if you don't have to be scared of these setbacks anymore, then you're not being pulled up into this anxiety cycle. If you're not pulled up into this anxiety cycle, your tinnitus doesn't signal to your amygdala, hey, we're in fight and flight again, and we have to fear this, and you don't fall into all of these fake coping strategies of masking and running around like, Oh my God, is it ever going to stop? Is my life going to be ruined yeah. now? Right. You, you know what I do? I sometimes have these spikes, you know, I'm deaf in one ear and, and a few weeks back I had yeah. one of these spikes where my tinnitus becomes become so loud I, loud, I can't hear anything else. So for that day, I can't do a coaching anymore or for that day yeah. I I I don't really have to video edit anymore. You know what I do? I sit down, I have um, I I love playing PlayStation. I'm a big Formula 1 fan. So I take my I take my gear out, I put it in front of the PlayStation. I play PlayStation for a few hours. And then maybe it's come down, maybe it's not, but I just do like, you know what? you know, there's not much much else to do rather than waiting for this spike to come down. But my nervous system is 0% affected by it. The only thing that I yes. can say, and this is honestly true, is like, of course I'm annoyed. I'm like, God damn it. I I had a few things planned right now. I wanted to do something with my wife or I had this planned and I'm like, well, you know what? It is what it is. I can't do this right now. So let me do something that I enjoy. Let me do something fun and I don't get sucked back into the cycle because often what I always say, the problem is people vary. Your brain just wants to protect you, right? Your brain's trying to protect you and goes back to the first time it started dealing with tinnitus and then comes with all these worst case scenarios with these predictions. Oh, this is how bad it's going to get. You're not going to be sleeping. You're not going to be able to concentrate. Your life's going to be horrible. And then of course, the natural mechanism of fighting, it starts again. But exactly as you said, yeah. when you had these coping strategies, and I'm sure they, they might be a little bit different between the approaches that we have, but you know the, the outcome is exactly the same. The person feels confident yes. and says, well, I learned that I can replace them. I don't have to react in this kind of way anymore. And that gives me the confidence to go into the spike naturally and then also walk out of the spike. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. And, and and what what you just described is is a perfect example of what I'm saying. Like it's inevitable that you're going to have moments like that, right? And some people more than others, depending on your situation. So you and I, we have these sort of underlying and pre-existing conditions that will yeah. never, you know, that are there's nothing we can, you know, they require sort of some level of active and ongoing management. It's there's no just magic way to solve those problems right and so like you know us more than the average person it's like we're going to have these moments right but those moments don't need to be anything more than moments like as long as on the other side of that moment you remain habituated then you've you've done a perfect job in 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 coping right like that's that's the best you can you can hope for and the reality is that life happens for people who don't have tinnitus too right like it's everything when you when you've been a tinnitus sufferer for a long time it's like the it's like just feels like whenever they're suffering well there is the tinnitus there right it's like the tinnitus becomes like intermeshed and entangled in like all of your problems right and i i often say it's like when you can start to pull the tinnitus out and see the problems in your life and the stressors and things and other health issues for what they are separate from tinnitus that's actually a pretty important hallmark of, of habituation and a sign that your, your your nervous system is calming and you're you're, you're processing this in the right way but yeah no exactly like everybody is going to have these moments the problem is that if you've habituated naturally or or let's say let's say all you ever did was just sort of maskers like you had in-ear maskers and yeah. you never had any you know coaching or cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy to go along with it yeah you know yeah. you can you know and then all of a sudden you know a year goes by and then all of a sudden you know you get a sound exposure you know maybe you're uh whatever that might look like right and now the tinnitus is spiking and then you put your maskers back on or, or, yeah. you know, like, and then, but, but it's not helping, right? It's like, not only do you not know what to do to feel better in that moment, you don't know how you got better in the first place. And the whole vicious cycle just reemerges, right? Like it's, it's a, I see it, I see it all the time. I'm, I'm sure you do too. But, but yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of strategies that you can, you yeah. can train and learn so that yeah. if something like that happens, you can protect yourself and you don't have to go start doing this work all over again. I, I love
1: the part where you said, you know, the, like, I always find this and this is such a, terrible limiting belief if only my tinnitus you know that like that like the people who say like you know sort of it's i compare it with relationships so when the relationship is over you're like oh that was the best relationship i ever had but when you were in the relationship it's like super dysfunctional you fight all the time it's not a good relationship at all to be in but you know when it's done you're like oh my goodness that was such a good relationship like i want that back sure and with tinnitus it is like people are like Well, this is destroying my life if only this was gone then my life would be perfect omitting the fact that life is never going to be perfect it's always dynamic it's It's always going to be ups and downs all the times and tinnitus is no exception from that so even if you were able to solve tinnitus, suddenly you'd probably, maybe some people, you know, it's the same thing with like maybe postpartum depression or stuff like that, right? Your life is not perfect because tinnitus is done or something like that. So stop moving yourself around in a cycle where it says like, only if I manage to get rid of this, then uh, at some point it will get better. So recently, I'm not disclosing the name, but I had someone reaching out on LinkedIn saying there's a relatively um, rich person somewhere from the Arabic state and, and they wanted help with with their tinnitus to sort of get rid of it right and and i said mm. like well if i would be promising that then i wouldn't be sitting in a four in a four bedroom apartment here in berlin uh, i would probably be on my old, own island with private yacht private helicopter private <laughs> everything and sure. so this is not something that i can offer but what we can do is we can help you to put it into the background where it doesn't bother you anymore yes. and get habituated and perceive it for what it is a benign body sensation that many people experience and we're like, no, that's not yes. what I want to do. It's actually a secretary reaching out to me, right? And saying like, no, no, I got to find something that helps him. And I'm like, mm, well, good luck with that. <laughs> and, you know, you know, that yeah. sort of keeps the struggle alive and it's like limits your life yeah. to sometimes for, for years, sometimes for decades for some people in really moving past that. And I think one of the big parts that I, in, in, in my coaching or in, in the community that we use in acceptance and commitment therapy is... Moving towards committed action, living your life in spite of tinnitus signaling to yourself that yeah. even on a spiky day, you can go basketball, you can go running, you can go cycling, you can do your job, you can. Yes. I can enjoy PlayStation playing. It how it's even it's even even in an, an invitation for me the spike to say, oh, I'm going to do what I love today, right? I can't Completely. do what I do, so yeah. I'm going to do something I love, and it's going to make me feel good.
0: Yeah yeah, I oh, couldn't yeah. agree more. also I, I here's another interesting point. there's val I find that there's an actual there's value in spikes. like so the, if there was a linear if there was an option to teach this to to help somebody habituate in a linear fashion where every day was a little better than the day before or yeah. this sort of three steps forward, two steps back zigzag fashion that it actually is for everybody regardless of how you habituate um yeah. I would always choose the zigzags because you never you would you miss out on something fundamental right like every time you go through a spike when you're you know especially early on when you're thinking like oh my god this is a nightmare how am I going to live like this this is a this is a, you know a disaster I can't deal with this only to to eventually calm back down and 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 sort of realize you didn't go backwards that you were sort of right where you left off before before the spike started only to continue making progress from there that builds confidence and resilience in a really important manner this is another kind of of tying it back into the long-term thing right like if every day was a little bit better than the day before you would fall apart at the first sign of trouble but there's real emotional and psychological growth that comes from overcoming these obstacles and challenges real real resilience um you have to go through these moments to, to learn to be habituated over a lifetime and to just to put tinnitus as a problem away forever, right? Like it, it is absolutely possible. Like I always say, the promise of habituation is that you can completely restore your quality of life to pre-tinnitus levels, whether the tinnitus goes away or not, right? Like there, where you can just, it, it becomes a thing that doesn't affect your life even like in any way, in any sense, right? The vast majority of the time. Um, And like, if you never went through all these ch- ups and downs and challenging moments, like you miss out on like this really fundamental piece of the puzzle like where like usually people that that I, i'm sure you've seen this too in your work like you, people come out of this process far more resilient to, to all kinds of related issues in life than they ever could have hoped to be otherwise they learn valuable ways to manage stress to calm their nervous system to reform to reframe negative thoughts and and like it's it's all the lessons and strategies of, of trying to habituate like apply much more broadly to life in general. And I think there's a real value in going through these ups and downs. And I know that's cold comfort for everybody listening who, who's in the middle of one right now. Yeah, but yeah, on the at yeah, the yeah. end of this, like there is hope there and you know, complete lasting relief is possible. And like yep. it, it one day, hopefully you can all look back on this and realize like like the growth that came from this, right? like I know it's it's it might be hard for some people to hear that, but but I, I, th- I think there's absolutely value in in going through these ups and downs. I, I can't
1: believe you are saying this, and it's like, look, my that's why I find so funny. like my brain works exactly the same way when you you were saying it, and I'm like, I 100% get you, but I also fully understand the people who listen to this and say, like, how is that going to help me right now to know that this yeah. challenging situation is helping me? But I, I I see this all the time in exactly the same way you see it. And, you know, one of the biggest things that you can also do for your nervous system is I'm okay at the place where I'm at right now. I'm supposed to be where I am, right? This is difficult. 100%. This is yeah. 100% difficult but there's amazing people like like Glenn out there who who help you do exactly this and and don't promise a miracle thing that costs thousands of dollars where you do this and that and then it's completely gone no no, that's not it. It's not an easy promise, but you will get there. You will get complete lasting relief. And even if it seems a little bit like difficult right now, um, you will get get there. And knowing that you are in the place that you need to be, but you can actually do something in order to progress, to move your brain in a, in a position where it can naturally habituate to tinnitus in a quicker way, rather than sort of like playing your hand like, oh, luckily I got habituated after two years of somehow doing a little bit of sound therapy, watching a video here or there, or doing a uh, 10-minute CBT course somewhere on YouTube or something like that, right? So, uh, you know, uh, both of us know that there are these strategies and things out there, but both of us also know there's a reason for why we've spent, you've spent eight years, I've spent nearly five years now developing like core programs, working with people one-on-one and really getting out there. And I feel like, I I mean, much of the things that you say were coming pretty much exactly the same way out of my brain as well. So it, it seems like this is so funny. There's that the people are so similar with their tendencies, but they're so individual as well. And it's like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just great to talk to you, Glenn. I feel very understood. And that's a cool thing.
0: <laughs> well, it, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's going back to what you said a minute ago about like committed action and, you know, accept, acceptance and commitment uh, therapy you know, it's funny. I think people, a lot of people get the wrong idea about acceptance with tinnitus. Yeah. Like, and, and I think they get that wrong idea because people, people that have, are not bothered by tinnitus will, or, or or maybe habituated naturally, you'll hear everybody knows, knows somebody, everyone who suffers from tinnitus has met somebody who says something along the lines of like, oh yeah, you know, like, I think I just accepted it and it stopped bothering me, but that's a- not actually what happened, right? Like yeah. they habituated and they don't have the language or the knowledge or vocabulary to to understand what it what had happened, and if you give that person a spike, they'll suddenly find like acceptance wasn't the strategy. That gave them relief. It was sort of the emotion they felt at the end of this process that was happening unbeknownst to them, right? Um, for me, I, I like to think of acceptance in the Stoic philosophy sense. It's like you, you, we need to, you need to accept that this is the situation you're in. Like you, yeah. if we could go back in time and, and undo whatever happened that caused this, if if there is even something identifiable, like you would, we would all do that, right? We would, we would go back in time and undo it. Um, but we can't, right? And so you just, you have to accept like, I have tinnitus, I'm in this situation now, I can't change that. And that some things are within our control and many things are not. And it's about learning to let go of what we can't control and, and focusing into all of our effort on on what we can control, right? And and I think that that's, that's as far as it goes for me, like with, with acceptance. Like it's just, just you just need to accept that you're here now. Like this is the situation that you, and we got to work with this situation, right? Um, so I think it's an interesting I, I really like the ACT approach and yeah, um, but I think people get the wrong idea about acceptance. Yeah. Like I hear that one hundred percent.
1: I I think I lose a lot of potential clients when they read accepting. Like they're like, I'm not ready to accept this. I mean, I need to I need to fight this with everything I had because it's destroying yeah. my life. But they forget the fact that accepting is one of the biggest things. Like you can do literally signaling your nervous system that you're not being attacked by a hungry lion trying to eat you, but that you say, "Well, you're exactly in the place where you need to be. This might be a little bit shitty right now, but that's actually okay, and you're going to move towards uh, getting better." And accepting is not not giving equal to giving in or resigning. Accepting is yeah. like something that it's not Rilana tolerance. Cima, Acceptance yeah. is
0: not tolerance. That, that's, exactly. that's I Accepting that is, a is a podcast not tolerance.
1: And and Rilana yeah. Chima, she's um uh, here, a Belgium-based uh, tinnitus researcher, and um she was one of the first, also from from a scientific perspective, to use ACT acceptance and commitment therapy in uh in in a clinical environment for tinnitus. And she said sure. like it's like a super active process, accepting your tinnitus, and yeah. oh, it yeah. takes a lot of courage, right? It's like it's it's not at all easy. So people really often get the wrong idea of what acceptance really means. And of course, I can fully relate to that, and and really say like it is it is more of a framework for your brain to understand to not perceive this as a stimulus that constantly has to be fought in the background right and yeah, uh, exactly. I, I think that's where where if we if we go to a systematic approach to tinnitus habituation then uh, we we have all these different things, but in the end, whether you w- whether it's meditation, uh, mindfulness meditation, or whether it is it is in fact uh, mindfulness meditation is a big part of ACT and and um and 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 meditation based is is always sort of like this this exposure based thing, right? Where you also think about yes. in ACT, we think a lot about with insomnia or spider phobia. We think about how the person sort of like in Europe we don't have no dangerous spiders starts to get used to the fact that the spider is not moving. And that it's just this habitual right. reaction to the spider that's bothering them, not the spider themselves, which is the same right. thing that happens for tinnitus. But people are quite a little bit reluctant at first, right? Because of course they don't understand those concepts around it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That that all makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I could, I agree completely, completely.
1: All right, <laughs> uh, Glenn. Yeah. yeah, so many. Yeah, please. No, 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 no. Say, say what you're gonna say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was gonna say like a, a lot of things to talk about today, but we have to decide for a few yeah. things that we want to talk about because uh as much as I would like and, and I, I would have a I would have a 10 hours episode with you, we uh we all get to get to go, go back to the daily work that we have to do. And um I, I, I would like to to ask you like a little bit, maybe if you could speak to um, uh, the, the the coaching that you do with people. I think uh, we've been speaking a lot about that in the first episode as well, but just to give us a quick rundown because people are lazy, they might not scroll back down to that episode, but just give us a quick rundown because we've, you talked a lot about the things that you uh, have now added to your coaching, but maybe more in terms of like if someone's listening and we because we covered that person, um, the person who maybe says, how is that going to help me that all this resilient yeah, sure. stuff and I'm going to get better later. Yeah, yeah. What can we say to people who are very early on, who listen to this? podcast who found it somewhere online and who are like, well, I'm really struggling with this. Like what's the, what's hands down, what's the stuff that we tell these people?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Great, great question. So, so do you want to, do you want to take, do you want to focus a little bit on sort of habituation, like sort of like the, the, the idea of habituation or, or more tactical of like what might be really helpful for, let, let maybe I'll take that approach. What might be helpful in sort of my way of my way of thinking of how I, the, how i help people um Perfect. so i i try i, I think that there's like a, mo- a multi-pronged multi-faceted um approach is is necessary for for everyone with tinnitus as you as you said before freedom like every case is different everybody's bringing you know one person hates sound one person hates silence right one person has six sounds one person has two like how it started they fluctuate they don't fluctuate um a- every case is a bit different um but I think that there there are some fundamental things that that need to be in place, and 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 so with my with my coaching program at least, um, I sort of try to. There's like a three pronged approach to that that I take to to helping people. Um, so at the center of all of my work are meditation techniques, um, and and going back to what you said a minute ago, like the sort of idea of exposure therapy. I, I like to think of the meditation approach as like a relaxed exposure therapy, and just to give people just a sense of what I mean when I say, when I'm talking about this meditation tech, these techniques. So I I actually, in my, though I see, I, 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 I'm a big believer in mindfulness, a practitioner of mindfulness myself. The type of meditation I often start with, with my clients is not mindfulness, but a much simpler sort of mental exercise, which you can consider like concentration meditation or object oriented meditation. And it's the act of focusing your attention on a single point of focus, right? Like traditionally that might be the breath, or a mantra or part of the body. And it's not about keeping like a laser focused mind where you think no thoughts, that's impossible for even for very advanced meditators. What you're trying to get better at is noticing when you've become distracted by thought, or you know, you're know you thinking about your schedule or whatever, noticing that coming back to the breath or the mantra or whatever you're focusing on and then beginning again. And that that noticing a distraction and beginning again, starting over, it's like one repetition of the mental exercise. And when you get good at this very simple concentration exercise, The result is you tend to get into very reliable states of deep relaxation and calm. Mindfulness can be very relaxing as well. But with this type of meditation specifically, it seems uniquely suited for just inducing this sort of relaxation state. Once you're good at it and you've practiced it a lot, like just being concentrated is a very pleasurable and relaxing state to begin with. And you see that in other walks of life too. Like if you're in a flow, you know, in the middle of a sport or or working on something that that's like a a state of complete and total concentration, it's like the most pleasurable states available to us, right? Um, but so where, where my work takes a little bit of a left turn is is because, because meditation is such a calming, this type of meditation is such a calming and relaxing exercise when you're good at it. And because anything can be used as the thing you're focused on when you're meditating, there's nothing ultimately special about the breath or a mantra or anything else you might choose to focus on. By focusing on the sound of the, of, of a person's tinnitus instead of the breath or or a mantra or, or anything else they, they might choose to focus on, but still achieving the meditative state as a direct result of doing so, because you're still doing this simple mental exercise. You're focused on a more challenging stimulus or, or, or point of focus, but it's still the same exercise after all. This gives the person's brain and nervous system an entirely new and emotionally positive experience to start to associate with the sound of the tinnitus. And I always say like, until you try something like this or mindfulness or one of these other similar approaches, That can't happen any other way. There's only two natural experiences of tinnitus the experience of being distracted, where you don't hear it at all for some short period of time, and the experience of hearing it and having an emotional response. At best, you may have no emotional response, but there's no natural scenario where you hear tinnitus and feel anything even close to resembling a positive emotional state. Now, if you've never heard anyone listening, if you've never heard, if you're not familiar with my work or you've never heard me talk about this, I know how crazy that sounds, what I just said. Like, what? Focus on the tinnitus and and try to relax. Like it's, I I know how how scary and and difficult it is for people starting out, but there's all kinds of ways to make this easier. Um, so for example, I never have somebody with very severe tinnitus go into a silent room and and try this anymore. Like at minimum, like let's put on some masking and and cover some of the volume so you're not focusing on it at full blast, or or let's do other things to help you relax first, so that once you sit down to meditate, you're out. There's actually a, a, a chance of. Of getting into that state or or even more so like I maybe one of the sort of one of the uh, technologies I've really leaned into is uh something called brainwave entrainment which is this it, it, it utilizes rhythmic sens- sensory stimulus to to induce altered states of consciousness it profound profoundly deep altered states of consciousness in, in, in people um, and so there's a variety of different ways to to do this but audio is one such simple way and so I have this whole audio album I've created so I've You know, for example, there's guided meditations that I've created, so you don't have to memorize techniques or think about what you're doing. You can follow along. There's background noise. And then there's this audio technology that will automatically put you into a more sedated state than you would have been able to achieve on your own skill, right? And it doesn't matter that you got into this state artificially. Like, you'll get there while you're doing the meditation. And it's sort of a way to help people in the the beginning to, 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 to pick up this very challenging Kind of application of of, of meditation, um, and then and then you can progress somebody from there towards of ultimately being able to to meditate in silence, which I think is is useful as well because it desensitizes people to quiet. And it, I find that the the very best way to reclaim a comfortable experience of silence again, which won't ever be quite the same as what it once was, but it's absolutely possible to have a completely peaceful and comfortable experience of of quiet environments after you habituate. Uh, is by learning to, to have this sort of a similar, like a sort of relaxation meditation type practice in, in quiet environments. I've also found that you can, uh, you can apply this to help people desensitize to other types of sounds and frequencies that yeah. may or not be, be, be uh, causing sensitivity, yeah. but at the center of everything are these sort of re- you need to have some sort of like relaxed exposure therapy where you're not just running away from the tinnitus because problems get worse when we avoid them. Yeah. So yeah. Emotional problems do physical, yeah. psychological, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's at the center of everything, and so that's one piece of the puzzle. But for, I like to say it's like sort of the engine in the car um, on the road of habituation yeah, yeah. with with my program versus yeah. like masking or any other, you know, yeah. uh, protocols. And then part two is to just learn as many coping tools and strategies and techniques to start managing your 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 stress and situation in the meantime. So as as I'm sure you teach as well, like in the beginning where where people have the most leverage is. Reducing anxiety and stress in the system, calming the nervous system, and I, and, you know, I sort of fancy myself now like a collector of tools and strategies, and and you know, by by this this broader tying back to what we talked about earlier, like this idea of viewing it through this sort of PTSD like lens, it sort of opens yeah. the door to a lot of interesting tools and yeah. strategies sure. that maybe are not obvious at first glance in the tinnitus world, but but can be useful, right? So it's a lot of relaxation and coping and you know, CBT techniques and ACT techniques, and it's just whatever, whatever might help any individual person. And then there's the long-term strategy as well, which we, which we talked about. So that once you do the work, you can protect yourself and, and remain there, right? So that's in, in very broad strokes. That's sort of the approach that that I take when I'm working with people and I've, and I've had a ton of success. Interestingly, and, and we can certainly talk about this if you want to, I have, so for for many years, it was just this sort of meditation-based protocol. But in recent years, I I developed a body scan based protocol as well. And I have when I first came up with it, I had a hunch that it might have a similar it that it would hit the same underlying targets that my meditation techniques hit. And that if somebody chose to do this instead, like it would probably be effective. But until the last couple of months, believe it or not, like until until maybe like five or six months ago, Nobody had put that to the test, but I, I had some people where we had some false starts with meditation and they just, they didn't really want to pursue the meditation route and, and instead latched onto the body scan route. And I've had some, it's not enough to to say that this would, you know, I, I don't have nearly enough evidence to say that this might be something applicable to everybody, but I, I've had some really interesting results um, with a body scan based approach, but it all feeds back into this relaxed exposure therapy, which we were talking about before. So does that all make sense?
1: One hundred percent. I myself am a big, uh, a fan of uh, yoga nidra techniques. Um, I, yeah. with my hyperactive uh, brain of uh, running different businesses and communities, I yes uh, tend to get the normal or or the sleepiness levels throughout the day, but uh, having uh, trouble of actually getting down for a nap. So what I do is I do protocols of yoga nidra, um, which as you say are are I mean similar to body scans. And you achieve yes. very, very deep steeps of uh, the stages of relaxation. Yeah. And I, uh, I can, I totally relate to the meditation approach. And um, in a way, you know, we we've touched on the acceptance and commitment approach. I think in the end. Um, in, in in the end, the meditation approach goes to a place where the person starts to feel that, and this is kind of like a a, a, um, a a contradictive thing, right? You're always perceiving your tinnitus and you have this super strong emotional and physical reaction towards it, almost PTSD like what you said. And then suddenly you go into a very deep state of relaxation where at the same time you perceive your tinnitus and then your brain starts end up ending up being confused, right? Why am I so relaxed although my tinnitus is here? And then in the end, you reach a goal that you just said, and I, I certainly can relate to that as well. I meditate nearly every day and I get into very deep stages of relaxation where when people yes. ask me, do you perceive silence? I'm like, yes, 100%. When I sit down yeah. to meditate and and then for me, it's silence. Of course, I am deaf on one ear and the other ear is... is blaring tinnitus but that that doesn't mean it's not the silent moment for me right and in the same way i think the approach of acceptance and commitment or inside our club is a little bit different but you know honestly in the end it's about what works for that individual person and i, I can fully see exactly. that the end goal is to familiarize that that the person with this this construct of uh, uh, psychological and physiological arousal and um, uh, is to be is to be accepted first and foremost, and then also transformed through different strategies, either meditation and saying like, I can be in a super relaxed state and my tinnitus is still there. And then through a a repetitive action, I signal to myself, hey, why am I actually uh, freaking out this much about this thing? And the second one is acceptance and commitment therapy where... I sort of like learn a behavioral approach to accepting these negative emotions, feelings, yes. uh, thoughts, et cetera. And then sort of saying, like, oh, if I can tolerate them and uh then I can I can sort of like see myself in this habitual reaction, then I can start removing yes. myself uh, closer. Right. And that's also why I why I love what we talked earlier on about that. This is sort of like a not a linear process, right? It and it can't be a linear linear process in order for it to work in sort of like in the same way that only the repetitive action makes the process that makes your progress maybe at some point a little bit more linear over a time span but it doesn't mean that it's a completely linear progress whereas at day one you have this and day two and day three and week one two three four you have this kind of progress but it's more like if you build the habits then the linear progress sort of follows um.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the linear where the linear where you see linear progress is in the mean, right? Like yeah. it, the, yeah, the, yeah, the mean. B- between the highs and the lows, like the average yeah, of the yeah. highs and lows is linear, yeah. right? Like that's the mean line is ultimately like the progression curve of of habituation. Right. But in in actual experience, it's up and down. And and I what I always tell people is like, First of all, never declare defeat when you're in a spike or you're in a yeah. your deviation below the average, below the mean, because you're going to come back up. Every spike you've ever had, eventually you calm down from the spike, you know, the volume may not change, but every you can't, it's impossible to sustain that level of emotional intensity forever, right? No. Um, and yeah. so I always say, like, focus on coping, taking action, putting tools into process, progress, knowing that your, your ability, like, in, in, in a bad spike, you're, you're limited in how much you can reduce suffering like it'll never be enough and the amount of work it takes to reduce it to a meaningful extent is exhausting right but I always tell people to put forth the effort even if it even if it feels like you're not getting to where you want to be because if you don't do that the the exponential toll it's a much greater exponential toll of suffering yeah. Than it would have been otherwise. Right. And it's, you know, you're, it, and so, so I always say, like, focus on using tools, putting them into practice, and never declaring defeat on a bad day because you're just in a spike and you will come back up. But also, maybe even more important is don't declare victory on a great day. Like, a lot, you know, people think like, just like a spike is possible where you have this deviation below the mean of below the average of where you're at in the process, you can have an outlier positive day, which is almost like the opposite of a spike. Right. Like, suddenly you're having an incredible day. That's, you know, six levels above wherever you were the day before. And, and a lot of people, their, their first tendency is to think, oh, my God, like I, the nightmare's I over, over. It. It's, it's finally done. And they're just setting themselves up for like a major crash yeah. at the, you know, as, as they revert to the mean. And I, I always say like somewhere between the highs and the lows is your true progress. And on the positive side, if anybody out there has a great day, like enjoy that day. Do something fun for yourself, and know that you can only deviate so far above the average, right? So if you just hit a new high note, you must be further along than than you were before, right? Like let that motivate you. But but uh, yeah, it's it's important to like sort of it, it, to keep that long term picture, the bigger picture in mind of like how things are changing over weeks and 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 months, um, and, and rather than like how things are feeling or going on any one singular day. I feel like you can't really. Determine anything meaningful on, on one day with habituation, you, you, you see the progress as changes in quality of life over time. And I think it's important, like it's, it's important to maintain that perspective at all times as best you can. Um, Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and, and sort of knowing that, you know, the state of your nervous system is a state of uh, exactly what's happening, right? The way you relate to your spike, the way you think over your spike, the way you think and relate over your tinnitus influences your nervous system. So, well, if you, even if you can't avoid feeling that shitty in a spiking situation, um, uh, it, 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 it's the knowledge that your nervous system is in a reactive cycle, right? That in the yeah. same way, your nervous system is, um, is still capable of deep relaxation, even though you don't feel like that at all right now, right? That doesn't mean it's yes. gone forever, right? It's not like when we have a bout of insomnia for a week or so, it doesn't mean that we'll never sleep again, right? It's So it's like... Yeah. So it's like, it might feel that way in that moment, but you need yeah. to see that what you're actually trying to do is you're trying to get some kind of quick fix by sacrificing the bigger picture. And when you do that, then of course, you're only going to end up being more frustrated. And I think, and I would like to speak, uh, I would be happy to speak on that, but, and I I certainly get that problem now. Like you, you try to do more in business, you try to help more people, like... The things always become bigger and bigger and and the AI is supporting and whatnot. And you know, yeah. it's like and, and people want stuff instantly. So I, I wonder whether Tinnitus would have been the, the, the as big a problem like a hundred years ago because people you know would naturally expect when the winter comes sure. then there's no more crops to harvest we have to wait six months until we can plant the crops again and in these six months mm-hmm. we're gonna sit around the fire tell stories and eat and drink that's all we're gonna do for six months and now people like yeah. you know with a click in a on their phone they want access to unlimited information immediate relief and and everything yeah. has to come super quickly right so maybe that also makes the whole story a little bit more difficult right.
0: Um yeah no 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 doubt about that our attention spans are are shorter than than ever before right and and it is true like the, the, and i think part of the people people are looking for that quick fix and of course they are right but the problem is there is right. no quick fix right now right and they, and like if, if there like you said earlier like if if there was and you discovered it you'd be you know on your own island out you know in the mediterranean somewhere right it's like the uh th- there is no quick fix and so like the only strategy is is this sort of one that takes a little bit of time but there's a lot of problems in life, that are very similar, right? Like pain is a similar problem. Like I, I often relate habituation to like the physical therapy journey, right? Yeah. I uh, I've I've, have, I've had all sorts of arthritis issues over the years. I I currently have um, yeah. some significant arthritis in my big toe joint on my left foot. Oh, it was shit. so bad a year ago that I couldn't walk. Uh, mm-hmm. The pain I couldn't move my toe. It was it was it was horrible. Right before my daughter was born. Um, now I, I I have found all sorts of uh, really interesting. I found a, a great coach and an interesting uh, rehab program, and I mean, I had, I had gotten all the way back up to to running slowly over time, and then here nice. I am now in a bit of a flare up, feeling like one of my clients going through a tinnitus spike, right? Like all the the fear and the powerlessness and this idea in my head: oh, what, oh, what if it just stays like this? What if it's not just a flare up? What if I'm gonna? What if I won't be able to do all the things I want to do and run? And you know, um, so there's like there's actually a lot of problems in life that are like this that take time to solve where there is no immediate quick fix. I think part of the problem with tinnitus is that there's such a lack, for whatever strange reason, uh, there's such a lack of understanding and awareness, broadly speaking, in the medical community, right? Like, and, and I think that's largely just because the Western healthcare system is designed to treat disease with surgery and, and uh, medication. And when yeah. there isn't a quick fix, it's like patients yeah. just fall through the cracks, right? Um, yeah. and I think that all of this feeds into this thing that everybody is looking for that quick fix. Like the person you talked about, you know, like before when their secretary is reaching out, like they're going to, they're going to run into the wall eventually. Right. And eventually they'll realize like there is this, there's only one strategy, even like the newer technologies, which are very interesting and promising, like the linear, it's still ultimately not a cure, right? It's just no. another sort of technology assisted path of habituation. Yeah. Um, and so maybe one day we'll get that quick fix, but until that yeah. day comes, it's It's a process, but the, but the, but the, but the, the, again, like to to circle back, the promise of that process is that you, it is a solution. Like you can fully completely 100% restore your quality of life to pre-tinnitus levels and keep it there. Right. Like even if the tinnitus never goes away and I, and I would put this out there, I think we might've mentioned that I might've said this in our last podcast, but everybody with tinnitus, even. And some people will push back on this, but its I, I'll, I'll still argue that I believe it to be true. Everybody, even on their worst, everyone with severe tinnitus on their worst day, even on their worst days, they have brief moments where they get distracted, right? Now they might not even, there's I, reasons I second they-
1: that, I second that and you're 100%. Okay, I get good. a lot of pushback all the time. People, <laughs> no,
0: I hear it always. And I'm like- I hear it all the time, yeah. You
1: hear it always, but
0: I'm not- you know, Well, there's a bigger pit. There's a, so so just to go deep yeah. there, a little deeper. There, there's something called negative memory bias. It's like a cognitive bias, right. and essentially says like you're only thinking about it when it's bothering you, right? So yeah, it's yeah. like anytime you're you're distracted or however however briefly you're not thinking about it. It's not leaving any sort of imprint in your yeah. mind, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. um Take
1: the example, for example, uh, anyways, you need yeah. to go to the bathroom yeah. very 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 quickly. In that moment, let's say let's say you ate something wrong. And your stomach tells you go to the bathroom within the next two minutes, or we're gonna have a big accident here. I guarantee you, between ninety and ninety-nine percent, your brain will not be thinking much about your tinnitus, even though if it's your highest spike in a long while, right? So, sorry for for interrupting you there, but I
0: just wanted to, you know, no, no, it's it's a great, it's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great way to think about this. Um, so so everybody gets distracted, even if it's just for a brief moment, right? And it might be fleeting, and it's. It's right here in your attention again, driving you just as crazy like moments later, right? But the fact that your brain is, that everybody's brain is capable of doing this for a moment, like even a moment, if not longer periods um, on a really bad day, it's all the proof that anybody needs, that their brain is capable of delivering the sort of experience they want with tinnitus, right? And what I always tell people is if this is, if that was how you experienced tinnitus all the time which is yeah. how you experience it when you're momentarily distracted which is in the cases where you're you're not hearing it you're not thinking about it you're not aware of it then it doesn't matter that it nope. didn't go away because subjectively yeah. it might as well have from like that first person perspective it might as yeah. well have gone away if it's just yeah. not if you're, there's just no awareness of it the yeah. vast majority of the time, the vast majority of the day. And then when there is an awareness, it either yeah. A, isn't bothering you or B, is it, you're able to like modulate that emotional response and get back to the point where it's not bothering you very quickly, right? So I, I that that's the promise. Like everybody has that frame of reference, right? Like everybody has those brief moments. And if you can do it for a moment, you can do it all the time. It's just there's some pretty fundamental obstacles that arise that need to be addressed before that can start happening more of the time.
1: I, I, I love that so much. And um, I just wonder why um, the ENTs out there can cannot say, look, I mean, I don't have a quick fix for you here in my office, but here are 10 yeah. different places you can go to to learn strategies where it won't be bothering you at all anymore, right? And you will be putting it into the background. won't be a problem anymore. Yeah. Uh, and these people can help you do exactly that. And then they can choose from a list of what they would like to do. And then in the next instance, I'm going to say, though, um, I love the sentence and I use it a lot in my community. Um, habituation is like there, there's a sentence. Love is like a fart. If you force it, it's probably shit. Yeah. So it's it's the same with <laughs> habituation. Yeah, Habituation is like a fart. If you force it, it's probably shit. So the more you want yeah. to force your brain to getting these moments of silence, of not tuning into it, of not perceiving it, the more you're actually comparing with the is state and the is state very likely is you're still distracted and annoyed by it. Therefore, you have a yes. negative repetitive loop that tells you, oh, I'm not there where I want to be. Oh my goodness, why not? And then you like all the cycle starts all over again, right? So we need strategies. And in your case, the the amazing mindfulness practices and the body scan and everything that you've developed, or in our case, the use of acceptance and commitment therapy in order to move yeah. your brain into a perspective where it can start having these moments much more often, right? And then finally, the last thing that I wanted to say is like, um, of course, uh, for a person who who is sitting in that moment and has having this big difficulty it seems like it's very 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 far away to be talking about sort of a potential cure where this thing still persists and is still there yeah. of course that is like near unimaginable but you and me we've both had that and we've had we've worked with hundreds of people who are were in these places but we've seen hundreds of people make that transformation happen so we all yes. know it's absolutely and 100% possible and then one final yeah. thing that i want to speak to is the the, the, the the most important problem that we have with Artinitis is that it is a stimulus that is perceived in your auditory cortex. So just speaking to it as we said like you know it's so difficult to find like a one pill assignment or a cure or something that we just do to get right. rid of it because it is unfortunately in this interplay between phys- physical and electrical signals, right And there's no quick fix, yeah. unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all it's all very good points. And and I'll I'll add this. but just one thing I'll add to what you were saying. Two, two things. One is um you don't need to get just everyone out there who's early on in this journey and, and you're suffering yeah. and you're you're hearing us talk about what's possible. I want you to understand that you don't need to get to the level of habituation that we've achieved to feel like you got your life back. Like, so habituation unfolds along sort of this progression curve, like along a continuum. There's these, like, identifiable stages of habituation relief and changes in a predictable way and unwinds in a predictable way along this progression and through these stages. Um, And most people are starting to experience dramatic improvements in quality of life very early on in this process. And I I often say one thing I've been thinking about a lot is forget about the stages. If you just think of it like zero to 100 percent habituated most people feel like they got their life back somewhere around 60 to 70 percent and and that's where they're at that point in the process you're doing everything you want to be doing there's nothing you're avoiding um you're living fully you're sleeping well you're managing well right there might be a little bit left where you can improve coping and and just sort of shed this as an ongoing problem like there's levels above that but you don't need to get to the end of this process to feel like you got your life back like you progress can be noticed and reinforce at every step along this 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 way, this this curve right and so i just i want i want to say that because oftentimes like hearing you know talking about this months-long process it feels like it's it's not something where you just need to take this on take us on faith for three months and then one day you wake up and everything changed like it doesn't work like that Ch- change is happening in an up and down fashion a lot every step of the way um and so i think that that's important to, to point out like you don't need to take any of this on faith it's just you just you, you think things will be changing in a noticeable way along the way but then you also have to contend with this negative memory bias problem which we we talked about before a brief which I mentioned before where we're, your your tendency is just to remember all the times you were suffering and what that ends up happening is like your your brain will remember a bad day like it was bothering me here and here and here and here and here and the the, the uncon the 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 unconscious conclusion you'll come to is well it must have been unrelenting it never it never I never had even I a never, moment of peace yeah. because, but because, yeah. But but between every one of those moments, there was some moment or period of, of distraction. I, I have a theory that if I could hire an invisible scientist to find follow around anyone with severe tinnitus, and that per, the scientist was recording a person's emotional state every sixty seconds, like were they thinking about tinnitus yeah. or doing something else for the last yeah. sixty seconds, yeah. whatever every, anybody's intuition on what their ratio would look like at the end of any given day of like minutes yeah. distracted to minutes bothered. My my intuition is that their intuition is off by an order of of magnitude because of yeah. this this problem, right? 100%. And so just to just to give people just two little quick tricks that can be helpful to to contend with this like psychological obstacle that's in the way of every senator to suffer. And there's other cognitive um, biases as well, like there's negativity bias. We evolved to focus on negative things more than positive things because that's an advantageous for survival. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's recency bias. Like if you, have, I tell people like if you have a really good day, but then you have a spike right before bed and it's a miserable spike and it's hard to get to bed, like you're going to probably remember that as a bad day because that was the most recent thing that happened when the reality is 23 out of 24 hours of that day might have been great. And it's hard to, it's hard to see that clearly. So, so two things that can help with this, that just to give people some actionable advice here. One is keep track of wins, like at the end of every day, just write down a list of like little short, little victories and small wins that you've had against your tinnitus. It could be remembering times you were distracted, It could be, um, it doesn't need to be, you know, I did XYZ coping tool and I felt better, like always write that down if that happens, that's a big win. It can be as simple as just remembering a time you were distracted that you would have forgotten about otherwise, right? It could be, I tried really hard to cope and it wasn't as effective as I hoped it would be. But just simply the fact that you're taking action, you have the awareness of the internal state and you're trying to change it, like that's a pretty big Behavioral pattern shift that needs to occur for, for habituation to happen in, 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 on some level. So that's a win, right? So tracking wins and it, it can be very helpful. Just keep give yourself that to fill in the, the missing column of like, you know, in, in your brain and memory. And then also, um, here's just a, a quick, like very simple little reframing trick that I often share with my clients is when when you when you notice the negative thoughts and you're feeling like, oh God, I'm I'm back, you know, I was, I was doing so well. How has this happened? or or however long it's been, simply stop, try to catch yourself and ask yourself a very simple question. How long has it been since I last felt this way? And then answer that question as precisely as you can. Because if it suddenly started bothering you, that implies that a change occurred, right? You went from doing something else and being distracted in some way to noticing the tinnitus, potentially noticing a spike and being activated and bothered, right? But it implies that something shifted, right? A change occurred. If you, the, the, in those moments, the, the default thoughts that want to come unhindered are like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. I keep trying so hard. And I'm fighting it. I can't get away from this. Right. But if you can notice in that moment, like, okay, wow, three hours went by and I didn't think about it once or two hours or a day or 20 minutes, however long it's been, yeah. it can help to diffuse the, the, the emotion out of those thoughts and change that story. And it can just that one little trick and you can get in the habit of doing that. I find yep. it can be very like kind of stabilizing of of negative thoughts. So I just want to throw a couple little tips and tricks out there for people. I
1: I absolutely love it, and I think like if we if we come together, we we do a uh, hundred, a 1, thousand, ten thousand uh, tips and tricks <laughs> and hacks for yeah. for people. With tinnitus and two things that I wanted to speak to uh, that I think um, are probably going to be. Among the last things that I'm going to throw in here, and I don't want to make this a long monologue because uh, eventually we're going to have to wrap this up, but I am I love this so much and I think we could go for hours and hours on end. Uh, two things I wanted to say, the recognition that your brain is geared for survival, not for happiness, um, yes. is is probably so one important. of the most valuable for life in life anyways. Um, there's a reason for why we go out and forge and look and do, uh, and that's the natural uh, uh, dopamine level uh, sort of kind of re- making us survive. That's why the the thousands of thoughts we have mostly appear negatively charged, no matter whether we have timers or not. It's simply the way we are the way as we've evolved as a species. So being aware of that is one of the amazing things that we can do to diffuse this a little bit, right? So what I do, we have all these hashtags on Instagram. I say to people exactly the same thing, just a little bit in addition. It's like, hashtag when these negative thoughts come. Hashtag then. It will give you a little bit of a hint how much hashtagging have I been doing today? And then you might just find out that you haven't been hashtagging at all and exactly diffuse from what you've been thinking you've been doing the whole day because your brain tries to protect you and say, oh, everything's terrible. I need more coping strategies. I need to fight this harder. Right. Instead of actually saying exactly as you say, I would love someone to follow around my worst patients, asking them every 60 seconds, are you thinking about this <laughs> right now? And I would be 100% convinced that more than 50% of the times they're not actually focusing on their tinnitus in those very moments. And the final thing that I wanted to share, and this is, I think, um, uh, so, 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 so important um Glenn, I think we uh, we need to, to continue and do this somehow. I, I uh, recently had an episode with uh, Michael Golenhofen, but also with Liam from uh, London. And those two guys, they uh, did a tinnitus retreat in Italy. So... Uh, just uh, thinking our approaches are quite similar um uh, if yeah, uh, you ever feel the need to come to Europe i i, or I uh, i've always wanted to go to florida never been so uh, maybe <laughs> we can think about something like that and people could let us know um through uh, the usual channels instagram youtube anywhere where they can find the both of us whether they would be interested in something like that i think it would be a fantastic an interesting
0: idea. idea for sure definitely an interesting idea um something i've certainly thought about i believe julian did something similar or is doing something similar yeah. as well um yeah uh, there there is so much uh potential for for collaboration and i i really appreciate you uh bringing me back on today i as i think we talked about in the in our first call like i there's not enough. There's more, a lot more of us now. Like there's a lot more people doing really meaningful and deep and good work in this space now, like more than, more than ever before, certainly far more than when I first started doing this work. Uh, yep. But there's still not enough. There's, there's yep. not enough. There's uh, the fact that, the fact that any, and the fact that ENTs don't know about tinnitus retraining therapy, let alone anything else that's happened in the last 30 years. Like it's, it's a huge problem. Right. And, and I, I don't, I don't quite know how to change that on a, on a, a wide Spread level, but I I know a part of that is having more positive voices out there. And and so I just, I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on and and the opportunity for collaboration. I think like there's, there's, we, we should all be doing more of this. Like there's, there's, uh, there's not enough of us to support the number of tinnitus patients in need and and, and who are suffering out there, not even, not even close. and and I think we all need to just keep working together to raise awareness and, and and get these ideas out into the world so that people can can find the relief that they that they need. Uh however they can find it. Um, because it is out there and it's it's uh there's not enough support available for for and uh, for it's, it's half, getting you know, a more fraction and more. of these people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's getting more more and more, right. We see that the percentage of people experiencing tinnitus in the population is increasing. Uh, That might be due to stress. That might be due to increased noise exposure. Everyone has their AirPods in all the time. Uh, Yeah. You know, uh, environmental factors. You've seen a lot uh, of young kids.
0: Yeah. 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 All of it. All of it. That's true. And just like, you know, the world is not becoming a more relaxed place. Like we're in a pretty uh, tumultuous time in, 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 history right now right there's a lot of uncertainty and yep. anxiety it yep. feels like we're on the brink of like you know larger war and and global catastrophe <laughs> and so yep. just it's a yep. we're in a, a bit of a perfect storm right now that you know like the pandemic was a, was a similar yep. thing where just you know just the, the the number couldn't have asked for a more perfect storm of circumstances yep. to, to make suffering with tinnitus worse so um, yeah, definitely. There, there needs to be uh, we, the, the collaboration. I think is is, is going to be key, and uh, that's again, I told you in our pre-call. That's something I've really admired about your work is your ability to to, to collaborate and reach out. So, like, it's we definitely need more of this kind of thing happening let, across let, the across let's. the whole industry. I think.
1: Let, let's definitely do that i uh, i'm already planning i mean it's not finalized yet but i am planning to attend some some events and meet some people in in the u.s next year so Very cool. yeah i mean maybe we can talk about this uh, after the podcast but uh, people can already yeah, indicate if they would ever be interested in something like that and i think that would be a fantastic way to get access to to both of our faces if people are interested in something yeah. like that
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely Absolutely. Fantastic.
1: Glenn, it's been such a big pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all these amazing insights. Um, I honestly, you continue to be my role model. Um, I, I continue to look up for you to you, and um, I think it's amazing what you do, what you've done, how much personal time and effort you invest. Uh, uh, we, we think we could also, we could all lie down and, and, and say, no, no, I'm going to my quiet island at some point and, and not do this anymore, but you keep showing up. And uh, honestly, I, I, I think it's also uh, worth enough to say, I mean, of course, you have grateful people who you've, you've been coaching. They are grateful to you, but, it's it's a thing that we that that never gets old to hear the, uh, the big old thank you and uh, for for all the work that you do for showing up every single day for people uh, with tinnitus and and yeah so that's that's awesome so uh, thanks for taking the time today
0: I appreciate that very much uh, Frederic and if anyone is interested in in connecting with me or has questions or even just wants to say hi and please feel free to email me directly I, I my email is glenn g l e n n at rewiringtinnitus.com. and uh, you can find all of my work at ed- rewiringtinnitus.com. I, I, I do all kinds of writing and, and, and videos. And uh, if anyone's ever interested in working with me one-on-one, you can you can learn more about it there. I offer uh, free consultation calls to anyone who's who applies, who's interested in, in working with me. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today, Frieder. And uh, we should definitely do this again.
1: Yeah, for sure. Let me uh, add one more thing. I love your newsletter. So for all the people who are listening to this, uh, go to uh, rewiringtinnitus.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. And sign up to Glenn's newsletter because it's super helpful, and uh, I certainly also enjoy it a lot when it comes out.
0: (laughs) I try to, I try to, I I need to be more regular. I try, I try to keep it going. My most recent project was I started doing these videos where I just answer. I get so many questions like you all the time, and so I just sort of put the call out: Hey, do you have a question? Ask me your questions, and I'll and I'll I'll answer it in a video. And I've just been making these sort of ask me anything about. uh, tinnitus videos, but uh, it, on my newsletter is where I share all of my my work. I'm also a, a columnist. I, I write a tinnitus column for healthyhearing.com, which is a pretty big uh, organization owned by Demant, one of the big uh, multinational companies that uh, manufactures hearing aids. And um, all my work can be found there. I, I share all the articles and videos and stuff. So I appreciate that very much.
1: Nice. Well, Glenn, uh, thank you very much. And uh, well, we'll see you back on the show. And
0: uh, yeah, thanks for coming on today. Sounds great.
1: Thanks for having me, Frieder. All right. That concludes the episode with uh, Glenn Schweitzer from the US. Um, If you have more questions, there will be some links in the show notes to this episode. Again, uh, if there's only one thing you can do for me is you can subscribe and give us a positive review for this podcast. A lot of work goes into this podcast, uh, editing the weekly episodes, recording them, scheduling meetings with all these uh, interview guests. And yeah, I mean, my motivation is to help as many people out there who deal with the same story as I'm going through, um, being born deaf on my left ear and uh, by now wearing a hearing aid and having quite uh, significant hearing loss in the right ear, a hearing aid and my tinnitus as well. And that sort of led me on this path of becoming a tennis coach, a host of this community where we really share these uh, science-based courses that you can access for um, uh, forever basically right and we um, we help you habituate to your tinnitus so if there's only one thing that you can do today um, to really give a little bit back if that's what you like to do if you want to reciprocate that we are putting all this effort into creating this content and this podcast and please um, share it with someone who you think it would be beneficial for um, give us a, a positive review that really be helpful and uh, of course the most helpful thing of all is um, if you uh, become a member of our club community because it's growing and the more members we have the more amazing the journey is for every single one of us so we cultivate a space where we all come together on the positive experience of learning how tinnitus management can be made super easy. And uh, just last week, there were some new members who shared like, oh my goodness, in just two days, they've made a leap forward that they never thought would be possible feeling so isolated, being told that there's nothing they can do and then finding this place and finally doors are opening up, finally they're feeling like they sleep better, they have more relief, their nervous system calms down, the anxiety is gone and you know these are just amazing messages that reach us on a daily basis of people getting better, of course people also have challenges but that's what we're there for, that's what we do on a daily basis and uh You know, uh, people actually say like, look, the treatments out there in the US, they are so expensive, right? Thousands of dollars for tinnitus retraining or something like that. And, you know, your membership is is comparatively cheap for that. Like, how is that possible? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I've been there, right? I've been in a place where I couldn't really afford Spending a lot of money on on, on tinnitus treatments, right? In the end, I had to spend a lot of money on hearing aids, but just because my hearing situation is so peculiar, right? Because I am deaf on the one ear and the remaining ear that's not hearing well needs the best possible hearing loss treatment, so my personal journey is hopefully one that's not, uh, not uh, uh, mirrored in your journey. So I hope that your hearing loss is not as progressed as mine is. But yeah, this is something I chose to do. This is my uh, passion and profession. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for all your positive feedback. Thank you for all the positive notes that I get, emails uh, on a weekly uh, basis of you guys encouraging me to continue but of course uh, we'll be super happy if you leave us this positive review or if you come to our Tinnitus Club at www.mytinnitus.club you get to ask your questions individually to me you get to access weekly coaching sessions and we'll be super happy to welcome you over there Um, short last thing uh, 30 day challenge starts January 2024 Um, there is a special thing that we have that we have something every single day in our Tinnitus Club community so if you want to jump on the bandwagon of our 30 days tinnitus challenge. There's an episode coming out really soon where we explain a little bit more in depth of what we're going to do in the 30 days challenge and how you can access it and how it can help you and support you on your path to habituation. All right, guys. Um, uh, Apart from that, uh, everything else in the show notes. So the link in the description to this episode, you can find more resources, everything that you might want to turn to, including our uh, uh, seven-day tinnitus uh, habituation challenge. Uh, That's like a very short, small version of the 30-day challenge that's coming up. And also uh, our free guide to tinnitus as well as my book and so on and so forth so just click the link in the so- in the show notes that you will be finding all these different links that i share with you guys and that hopefully help you on your path to tinnitus freedom all right guys i wish you all the best and i hear you in the next very much for listening to the Outring tinnitus podcast i am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions please mail to frida at outering see you next time